Well, hey guys, this is uh, John. Uh, so yesterday we had our live service uh, and we did it right here. It was our first live service of the fall. We did it here on the, the sidewalk slash State Street right behind the building that we rent. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, some of you uh, joined us uh, via Zoom, which was cool. We had you know cameras going and all that fun stuff with our team. Uh, and then a lot of you were here uh, live uh, enjoying coffee and donuts and swatting bees and all that kind of stuff. And uh, some of you weren't able to make it, uh, but we weren't able to record the service. Uh, some, it's a mistake, it's actually my mistake. Uh, I forgot to push record uh, on one of the things that we need to push record for. So uh, I wanted to make sure that for any of you who wanted to hear it again, uh, you never know, uh, or for any of you that missed it, uh, what we talked about yesterday, because I think that what we talked about yesterday is so foundational for who we are and where we're going for the rest of the fall. So I want to make sure we were all on the same page for this. So. Here's what we talked about, and this is, we said yesterday, review for some of you, and for some of you this might be new, but I think it's something we all need to just reprocess in our minds and our hearts all the time, because it's just who we are. So, once again, this behind me, this is not the church. This is a bunch of bricks. This is a building. Uh, this is a space that we rent. and. What we did yesterday as far as getting people together on Zoom and in the street and singing together and donuts and hearing a sermon, all wonderful stuff, uh, that was not church. That was a service. What church is, is church is a group of people. Uh, and what maybe you know or don't know, is that word church, uh, it actually comes from a Greek word. And so 2000 years ago when the Roman uh, world was mainly speaking uh, Greek, and when they were writing uh, a good portion of the New Testament, they were writing in Greek. Uh, they use this word called ekklesia, uh, and ekklesia uh, it is where we get our term church from, and it wasn't like a religious term. Uh, if you said, hey, you know, I'm going to church, or hey, I'm a part of a church, people wouldn't think, oh, well, you're a part of something that like sings and worships and you know Bible and prayer, like that wouldn't have been in their mindset at all. They just would have thought, oh, you're like a part of a club. Uh, you're a part of a group of people with some sort of a common interest because that's all church meant, is a church was just a common group of people that can kind of rally around a common interest. And there's all kinds of different churches. Uh, so uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I was walking with a uh, friend, Rick, uh, who goes to church here, one of our community group leaders, and we were at the Crossings Park uh, over in Colony. And there's a pond over there, and so there's a group of uh, older gentlemen, and they were all sitting around by the side of the lake, and they all had these remote controls. And we were like, what, what are they doing? Uh, so they were all controlling these radio remote controlled sailboats that were in the middle of the pond, and they were racing or doing something with them, and I didn't stop and talk to them, so I'm making a few assumptions here. But my guess is, is that this is a group of guys that come together, maybe they come together once a week, maybe more often, less often, but they come together and like what brings them together, like the, their common interest is that they all love radio remote control sailboating. And so they just have this common interest in that. And there's all kinds of other like clubs and groups like this, you know, there's running groups and reading groups and you know, maybe you're in a sorority or a fraternity, maybe you're in the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts. These are all groups of people that are coming together to learn common things, to celebrate common things, to participate in common activities. And that is what the idea of church was 2,000 years ago. It was just a group of people that comes together. 
And I think that's important because the question that we want to ask then is us, Christ Church Albany. Uh, if we're a church, like what, what are we like all about? Like what's a, if it's not ready remote control boats, if it's not running, if it's not books, if it's not, you know, Boy Scout Girl Scout, well, what is it that like is our common thing? You know, because we all have lots of the things that, you know, we're, have going on in our lives. We have lots of things that we're busy with. You know, we have lots of different things that we're interested in. But like, what is it that like, hey, we're all a part of this group because we all believe in this. We all want to see this happen. We all want to participate in these same kind of activities. Like, what is it that brings us together? Uh, and so for that, uh, we go back to a conversation uh, that was 2,000-year-old conversation. And uh, it's recorded in a, a book called Matthew. Uh, and Matthew was one of the followers of Jesus, and uh, we're lucky enough that he took time to write down uh, some of the things that happened when he was following Jesus and what he remembered from those. And this is uh, something he wrote down. It's in Matthew 16. It's also found uh, in the Bible, in the book called Matthew. Uh, and it's what it says. It says that when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and so that's an actual place. Uh, there's a big mountain palace there. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. He asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Who do you think I am? And I, that, that question is such an incredibly important question. I just, who is Jesus? Like, what do you think that Jesus is? And, and here's the interesting thing is I think that all of us have answered that question in some way or another. All of us have an opinion about who we think Jesus is. And some of us, like our opinion about Jesus, like we've gotten there through like lots of just study and research and you know, like we really, we really wanted to answer the questions. We've looked at it, you know, historically, we've just looked at it from all kinds of different angles and we've really arrived at what we believe Jesus is. Others of us, we have an opinion about who Jesus is or who he wasn't. And maybe it's, you know, an opinion that we just kind of get given, um, you know, from our parents or from our, you know, brothers, from our sister, from, you know, maybe we watched a movie or we read a book at one point, you know, but if we're honest, like we have an opinion about Jesus, but we haven't really spent that much time. But it's still, we have an idea of who we think Jesus was or who we think maybe Jesus wasn't. And he's asked them, who do you think? And it's interesting, their responses were probably pretty similar to what a lot of our responses are. You know, if we were to take a, a, a poll of, you know, all the people in Christchurch, Albany, or, you know, maybe especially if we were to take a poll of just, you know, everyone who lives in Albany and said, all right, you know, who do you think Jesus is? You know, man on the street, you know, who do you think Jesus is? Uh, we would get kind of similar responses to what they said that day. Here's what they said. They said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so some of those names don't mean as much to uh, us, but what they're saying is like, oh, some people think you're just like a great guy. Uh, some people think you're like a really good teacher, you know, you know, maybe you're like a philosopher, you know, you have like some good like moral teachings that we can all, you know, try to follow, you know, if we're able to do that, you know, some people think maybe you're like a prophet, maybe you can like, you know, predict the future somehow, you know, some people think, you know, all these different opinions about who you are. But then Jesus drills it further and he looks, uh, at this group of disciples, this group of his friends that are there. He says, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Hey, I, 
I think that's such a huge question. I mean, that's, I think it's the biggest question that any of us can ever answer in our whole lives is like, who, like, for you, not like what your parents told you, not, you know, maybe what, you know, your coworkers, you know, not maybe what, you know, other folks around you in your neighborhood, you know, not, you know, maybe what, you know, you, you heard or were taught, like for you personally, who do you say that Jesus is? And here's how Jesus, here's how, sorry, here's how Peter answered that. So Simon, uh, Simon Peter answered, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And it, if you happen to be uh, have a Bible nearby or something else, or if you just like want to write these words out somewhere, uh, those two words are so huge, Messiah and Son of God. And for us, sometimes those become just like religious terms, but those were like were big, big deals 2,000 years ago. The idea of Messiah was the idea of king. And a king was someone who was in charge. Uh, a king was someone who made the rules. Uh, a king was someone who would like lay out these giant edicts and say, here's what everyone is gonna do. And everyone would say, well, we're gonna do it because the king told us to. Whatever the king says is what we do. And Peter's saying, I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe that you are the king over Israel. I believe that you are in charge of everything we do. And so everything you tell me to do, I'm going to do. And I believe that you are the son of God, uh, which means I believe that you are God. I believe that you are in charge of everything. I believe that you are in control of everything. I believe that you have power over everything. And that's just such a, a huge, huge deal. That idea of just believing that Jesus is king over everything and is in charge of everything. So we ask the question, is that what you believe about Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus is king over your life? That Jesus could tell you to do anything. So whatever Jesus says to do, if Jesus says, hey, here's how I want you to spend your money, would you say, okay, yeah, well, yeah I'm, I'm gonna do that because Jesus is king. So I mean, whatever he tells me to do, that's what I'm gonna do. If Jesus says, here's how I want you to treat people. Here's how I want you to treat the people in your family. Here's how I want you to treat the difficult people in your family. Uh, here's how I want you to handle anxiety and worry. Uh, here's the way I want you to handle forgiveness and you know and holding on to grudges and here's the way if Jesus told you to do anything would your response be yeah I'm gonna do that and yeah no I, and I know like it it might not help me out in like my, my consumeristic pursuits uh, it might not help me get that promotion at work uh, it might not be what the other people at my work are even doing. It might not be what my neighborhood is doing. Like what Jesus is asking me to do seems radical. It seems just like, I mean, it seems like no one else is like living that way. But hey, if Jesus asked me to do it, I'm in. I'm going to do it because I believe that he is king. And I believe that whatever he says is right. Uh, I love uh, there's a guy named Dallas Willard, and that's how he summarizes uh, this idea of Messiah and King. It's just the idea that Jesus was right about everything. That when it came to like how you should live life, what's the best way to be human, you know, what's the best way to have relationships, then whatever Jesus said is supremely right. It is the best way to live, even if sometimes it feels like it's countercultural, even if sometimes it feels like it's not natural. It is the best way to live. And is that what you believe? And do you believe that God, that, that Jesus is God, that he is in charge of 
everything. And now, if some of you are like, oh yeah, absolutely, that's awesome. If others of you are like, mm, I don't know, uh, I have some questions, uh, I'm not sure about that, uh, we have some really good news, I think. Uh, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was on earth, uh, Jesus always had lots of people that were following him around. And a lot of those folks uh, would often just refer to him as the crowd. And these are people that were just like there and they were checking it out and you know, and they, were, they had heard about Jesus, they were curious about Jesus, but like they weren't sure about exactly who Jesus was. They weren't sure exactly what they believed about Jesus. They weren't sure whether they believed he was a king. They weren't sure whether they believed he was the son of God. They were just there and they, they wanted to know more. They wanted to ask questions. They just wanted to like keep checking it out. And that's great. Uh, we totally invite that at Christ Church Albany. If you're someone who's like, you're not sure about this whole thing, but you just, you're curious and you want to know more, that's great. And especially, a uh, quick commercial, if you are someone who has like some, I, I'm interested in following God, but I just have some, what feel like to me, really big questions. I have some really big doubts, I have some things I've experienced, I have some stuff I read at one point, and I just like, until I get those things figured out, I don't think I could ever like, call myself like a Christian, a Jesus follower. I just, I, I gotta figure this stuff out. That's great. Uh, we have a class called Alpha. It's coming up uh, the end of September, beginning of October. Uh, you can uh, sign up on the forum. It'll be attached to this YouTube video or you can go on our website. And it's, it's a, a 11 week course that you can go through that's, it's just an environment for you to like talk about and ask. I mean, there's no question too big. No, there's nothing that's off limits. Say, ask whatever you want. And it's a great chance for you to figure that out. Uh, and then you can figure out if, if you someday want to be someone who decides that also Jesus is king and he is right about everything. Amen. Here's why that's a big deal for us. Here's what uh, Jesus says next. Uh, he says, well, Peter, but it's like, you're right. Uh, you gave the right answer. Uh, I am the king. I am the son of God. And on this rock, I will build my church. So Jesus is saying, okay, so just all of these different, you know, churches out there, there's all these different clubs, all these different groups of people, you know, there's like the fishing club and there's the, you know, ride my donkey to school club. And there's the, you know, we all get together and go fishing club, you know, whatever there is, you know, going on. And, that, and, that, and that's great. But I, I'm starting my own club now. I'm starting my own group. And here is what's going to be the center. Here's what's going to be the rock. Here's what's going to be what's going to, here's what, why people should think about joining my group. It's because what we're all about is we're all about that idea that we all believe that I am king and that I am God. That what brings us together is we're a group of people who actually believe that Jesus is right about everything and therefore we are going to try to live it out. And here's why I think that that is such a huge deal is what if there was a group of people in Albany, New York or Troy or Cohoes or Waterville or wherever you happen to live if there's a group of people all around our region on our street and they were committed to that idea that they wanted to live out the words of Jesus because what what Jesus was asking them to do is it wasn't just like an intellectual like oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna believe, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to think about it, I'm going to read some stuff, I'm going to research, and it's like, okay, yeah, fine, yeah, I believe he's king. The idea was that not only am I going to believe it with my head, but I'm going to live it out with my actions. What if there was a group of people 
who are actually living their lives, living their families, living their neighbors, uh, living in their uh, with their coworkers, living at their schools, living on every action of their life, doing it the Jesus way. What would that be like? Uh, here's what Jesus says. He says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth you will, will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Uh, that idea of the, the gates of Hades will not prevail. Uh, the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Uh, now, where they're staying there, this mountain, Caesarea Philippi, and on this mountain, it was a real physical place, uh, there was this cave. And so a lot of times when we hear that word, maybe Hades, you know, we automatically, like our brains go to think of hell. So we think of, you know, like a place down there, we're thinking of people with like red suits and fire and all that stuff. That's not at all what they would have thought of 2,000 years ago. They were by this mountain, there was this cave. And this cave was thought to be like a tunnel to the, the underworld. And, and then it was called Hades. And what they believed is that everything evil in the world was coming out of that cave. They're like, here's like the source of all evil. And I've, have you ever been in just a place or a situation or have you ever experienced something? And it's just like, this just, this just feels evil. This just feels wrong. Uh, I'll give you just a couple examples. Uh, sometimes I'll have conversations with folks and somehow in the process of the conversation, it'll just come out that they just, they just feel terrible about themselves. Like they just, sometimes it was something that was told to them. Oftentimes it was many things that were told to them, things that they've experienced and they just, they just have this feeling of worthlessness, that they don't matter. That like, that, that who they are, what they're like, they just feel like worthless individuals. And it just feels so heartbreaking and wrong that anyone has been told that that is what is true about them. Uh, or I talked to other folks and they just, they're just so lonely. Like they just feel like they have like no friends in their life. They, they just feel like that they like, no one is there to help them. No one, you know, all the struggles they're going through, they just feel like that they are just all by themselves. And I just think that's, that is not right. Uh, I, I think of violence. Uh, I think of you know, the shootings that happened just in the blocks right around from where our building was. Uh, I think of, you know, this, a couple of days ago, we uh, remembered uh, 20 years ago of 9-11. You know, we hear about, you know, the, just tragedies constantly on the news. And just the idea that anyone would result to, just that that's the only way we can resolve this is through violence or, you know, any kind of abuse or, it just feels so, so wrong and so evil. And just on and on and on. I mean, there's so many things in our world that are just broken and messed up. And sometimes I think we can get the wrong picture as a church. Is where, like, okay, we know that there's like evil in the world, we know there's sin in the world, and so like our job as Christians is like, we need to try to like stay as queer from all that as possible. So what we need to do is we need to like go down and let's get in our, you know, inside our church building and let's all huddle together and let's hunker down and let's pray and like, oh God, please keep us safe. You know, keep us safe from, you know, all the, you know, the, the, the bad messages in the world. Keep us, you know, keep our kids safe from all the peer pressure, you know, keep us safe 
safe from all the temptations and just oh god you know help us to you know stay pure help us to just somehow in here all together you know we can just be be secure and be safe and meanwhile there's like the the devil and he's on the outside and he's like just trying to get us you know he has like a battering ram he's like slamming on the outside of the church like i'm gonna get you guys you know and here i come with all this temptation here's i come with all this wrong you know and i'm trying to destroy the world i'm like oh god please keep us safe and that's not at all the picture that jesus just presented what jesus presented is that there is indeed a gate and there is indeed a battering ram but we're the ones with the battering ram we're the ones that are slamming on the gate saying watch out evil watch out sin we are coming for you and what jesus believes is that the way for the world to change what will wipe out the feelings of worthlessness among people in our world what will wipe out the feeling of loneliness uh, what can get rid of violence, what can get rid of racism, what can get rid of addiction, what can get rid of just all the things that just can tear our lives and tear our communities apart is not just like a government program, not just a, you know flooding money in, you know, not that those things are necessarily bad, but the thing that could absolutely change it is if there was a group of people who were committed 100% to the idea that I'm going to live the Jesus way. And if there was a group of people that on your street, in your work, in your school, that were 100% committed, I'm going to live this day and this week and every day, and I'm gonna do it the Jesus way, that whatever Jesus tells me to do, that's what I'm gonna do, then that would bash down the gates of hate. All the evil in the world, that's the way it could be destroyed with how a group of people decide that they are going to become absolute followers of Jesus. And that's what we want to do. That's what we want to become. That's what our whole stinking church is about. So here's what we want to do this fall to be able to help you do that. Uh, we want to have these rhythms, we're calling them. Uh, we want to have these tools to be able to help you live this way. Uh, and so first, uh, we have live services twice a month. Uh, second and fourth Sunday of every month. And the whole purpose of those is we want to talk about what we're calling our, what we've called for eight years now, our six essential beliefs. And we want to look at, okay, wh wh what do we really believe? What do we believe about Jesus? What do we believe about God? What do we believe about the Bible? What do we believe about the Holy Spirit? What do we believe about salvation? And what do we believe about what the church is? We want you to look at those and ask questions, you know, feel, you know, you don't need to like just believe them because I say so. Uh, but look at those and say, is that something I can get behind and say, okay, yes, I, I, those are things that I believe in too. And we're going to talk about those at our live services and we encourage you to come to those. Uh, you can participate in them on Zoom, you can participate in them by uh, coming uh, live outside, inside, wherever we end up doing them. Uh, then. We have some classes to help you apply these things. And so we have the Alpha class, we already talked about that. And so if you have some questions, doubts that you need to get answered, you need to figure out, you need to just kind of talk through, you should join the Alpha class and you should sign up to be a part of that. Uh, we have another class called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And I love this class. This class has been one of the most helpful things for me personally. Uh, it starts next week, so on the 20th, so uh, sign up pretty quick. Uh, but the idea is that if you want to really become a follower of Jesus, there's a couple things that can really drag you down and make you not be able to grow in that way. Uh, one is if you have some things from your past that you've never dealt with, some trauma, just some 
identity thing, you know, all kinds of stuff that we just all have this baggage, you know, we just carry with us. If you've never dealt with that, it's going to be really hard for you to really follow Jesus in the way that Jesus is asking us to go. And so you should check out this class. Uh, also, it addresses a lot of pace of life stuff. And so if you're living a life that's just, I mean, you're not sleeping, you're not taking days off, you're just, you know, go, 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 so busy, so crazy, like you don't have time to like ever stop and think. It's going to be really tough for you to grow in this whole Jesus thing. And so Emotional Healthy Spirituality will help you to be able to do all of that. And then uh, lastly, uh, we have community groups and community groups are going to be meeting twice a month. And these groups are small groups, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten uh, people that get together and we're going to be going through very kind of queer teachings of Jesus. We're going to go through a sermon that Jesus did called the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus is going to let us know, here's how I want you to live. Uh, if Jesus is king, Jesus is letting you know, here's his, here's his edicts. Here's the things that he's saying. Okay, if I'm going to be king of your life, here's what I would like you to do. Here's the way that I would like you to live. And then you need to decide, you know, do you believe that Jesus was right? Do you believe that that's what you should do? And then if you believe that that's what you should do, then living that way, I believe is the best way to live, but it is not always intuitive. It is not always easy. We need help to be able to live this way. If we're going to forgive people instead of holding a grudge, if we're going to be generous instead of holding on, uh, if we're going to get, we're going to talk about anger, we're going to talk about lust, we're going to talk about relationships, we're going to talk about some real big practical things that Jesus talks about. And if we're going to live them out, it goes so much better when you do it with a group of people. So I encourage you to sign up for one of these groups. Uh, we have groups that meet here at the building. Uh, those will be on the first and third Sundays. And so if all this is like way too complicated for you, I get it as far as like all the scheduling stuff we're doing. If you come to the building every Sunday at 1030, there will be something for you. <laughs> it'll either be a live service or it'll be a community group. Uh, so some of the community groups will be meeting here at the building on Sunday mornings, uh, first and third Sundays. Uh, there will also uh, be community groups that are meeting in different houses. Uh, and some of those meet on Sunday morning, some of them meet on Sunday night, some of them meet on other days during the week. And so let us know if you would like to be involved in one of these groups. And I really, really hope that all of you will be a part of one of these groups because I think the best way to grow is not just to learn head knowledge, but to talk about it with other people and to live this out with other people because that's what we believe the church is, is that the church is not a building. The church is not just an organization. The church is not just like a service that we come to and attend. The church is a group of people. And you're invited to be one of these group of people. And what brings us together is that we believe that Jesus was who he said he was. We believe that he was king. We believe that he is the son of God. And we are trying to actually do and live out the things that he tells us to do because we believe that they are the best way to live and we believe that if we all live them out together, we can change the world. So let's do it. See you guys soon. Bye.